Welcome to Cardboard Philosophy, the board game podcast where we talk about nothing serious, seriously. Each episode, we randomly pick from a list of niche, deep board game topics and have at it. So we invite you to join us at the table, listen in on our conversations, and let us know what you think. Welcome back to Cardboard Philosophy. This is episode 25? I believe so. If my math is correct, 25 does come after 24. We talk about cardboard philosophy, as you may know. So I'm going to roll a die and we're going to find out what we're talking about. The topic is number 23. What is elegance? This, this is a me topic. What do people mean when they say elegance? Is it an easily measurable quality? Is it always good? Should it be or is it a design goal in and of itself? Are games becoming more or less elegant than they were before? Mm. Why do people care so much about elegance? Why do we care about elegance? Do people care mm. about elegal, elegance? I think they care about elegance. Do people care about so pronunciation and English and the way that we use words to string together sentences? Do people care about elegance? Is that a thing that normal gamers talk about or is that just something that we talk about? No, I think normal gamers talk about it. I've certainly heard it in reviews, yeah. for example, as well. And also just seen it written on BGG. I feel like it's always like I almost hesitate to use it sometimes because it feels like it's mm. I don't know if overused is the right thing or like loaded or something like or like if people throw it around too much, you know, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, for me, it's they think kind of synonymous with like minimal, but maybe that's not even as I say it. I'm not sure if I'm, <laughs> I'm sure about that. Yeah. But to me, like minimal, like design, like visually, like something that's just very clean and only like what is required to me, that's also like elegant. Like it's very clean. It's very focused. I think simplicity is a good starting point, but I think there's also a level of cleverness that comes with elegance where it's not necessarily simple for the sake of being simple or simple in a negative sense where it's just kind of like there's nothing there. There's something there that elevates it beyond just being the bare bones and bare minimum that is required for it to be elegant. An elegant like dress or something doesn't necessarily have to be like minimal, mm -hmm. but like it's it's like sophisticated maybe even as like somewhere in, you know, like there's something about it that's like classy or something the the way that i've always thought about it is about the ratio of rules to effects so an inelegant game mm -hmm. has mm -hmm. a ratio of one to one like for every rule there's only one effect so like mm. um, a very ameritrash game that has a bunch of cards you know like imagine like a huge deck of action cards and you yeah. play one and it's like do this very specific thing to this very specific person at this specific time there's only one effect of that one rule so you have to like you have, mm -hmm. to, you have to have this whole rule just to execute this one effect. But an elegant game has a, a low amount of rules, but many effects that blossom from those rules. So one action you take or one move you do has multiple implications. So it mm -hmm. isn't just, for example, steal resources from a player, but it steals the resources and also changes the value of those resources and also pushes the game towards an end because it's also the end game trigger. Like there's one, one thing you're doing, but it has many different effects that follow from it. So it's kind of the idea of doing a lot with a little. That to me is elegance. So mm -hmm. even like tic-tac-toe has like a low ratio. It's simple, but also there's very few effects. It's like every rule has one effect, but an elegant game 
has a lower ratio if you're saying rules to effects because you want as many effects as possible as few rules as possible mm. and an Ill- an elegant game has like many rules but they feel unnecessary because they don't really have any effects so it's like the the opposite problem yeah like if it's a rule that doesn't always get used right like you know i have to remember yeah. 20 rules but only three of them actually get used in a game or something like that feels extra yeah. inelegant using that as your baseline definition for elegance would that scale up so as you add complexity to the core system as long as there are multiple effects from a rule it would maintain yeah. its elegance so like you could have an elegant game that's you know a 4.5 weight rating on bgg board game geek sure. but you could also have like a one rating on BGG mm-hmm. because you only have like three rules, but those rules have a lot of causality to them. Yeah, for sure. That, that's why I think it's about the ratio. I don't think it's just about simplicity or just about um, the depth of the gameplay. It's something about how they relate to each other. Mm. Well, for the sake of it, I did pull up the dictionary and elegance defined as quality of being graceful and stylish in appearance or manner or the quality of being pleasingly ingenious and simple neatness i think that that second part is what board gamers are getting at yeah right? yeah like ingenious and simple i think kind of goes to like what you were saying evan like it's not just simple it's like it, it's clever there's something about mm-hmm. it like you're getting a lot out of that simplicity like which i think having multiple effects from a rule is a really good way to kind of like expand upon that because there's a lot of IP games and I've talked about this before where there's just something about them that I don't like and there's just a clunkiness to them and I think a good way of describing that is inelegance a good example of that which might have been fixed because I played an earlier prototype of this was Zoo Tycoon the board game where I was really excited about it because I played that as a kid on the computer and I was like oh there's all these little animal meeples I love animal meeples it's like 80 different types of animals in the box. This is so my game, but there's so many one-off rules that it just became fiddly and kind of difficult to grok the rules while playing it because there's so many things to keep in mind depending on what's happening compared to something a lot more streamlined like we're talking about. I think IP games like that come from other play, you know, stuff it I think they're especially prone to that because a lot of times they're trying to like stay true to some source material. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you have a character and in the book they do this. Okay, we have to add a rule so that they can do this. Oh, and then they have this weapon. Okay, we have to make sure that there's a rule for that weapon so that it feels like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I think sometimes yeah. people can get a little focused on making sure like everything that is in the game, there's like a one-to-one, you know, and then and now you have a, a video game worth of, it's like it works in the video game because the computer's handling all that for you. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Um, but, I mean, some some people also like those kinds of games. I think all yeah. three of us tend to prefer elegance. Um, and so, like, we look for it. But you can definitely be too elegant. Like, if one rule has too many effects, it can feel paralyzing or difficult to read the board state. Like, to understand what's happening. Like, if, if, if putting my pawn here does 17 things... <laughs> like I, I am, I like. What do I do? I can't that, decide what to do. Is that really elegant, though? Yeah. Like to me, that almost starts to like. I don't know that I would use that word anymore. If it if it feels mm. like oh, yeah. I do this one thing, and there's just like this trickle of stuff and all this complicated, you know. Well, that well I don't maybe, understand. Maybe it's not complicated know. or like mechanical things you're doing, but it's just like the the effects it has on the game are just so like. So there's so many effects and they're so important. Mm, Even if they're not like you physically moving things on tracks, it can still be difficult to understand what to do. 
Um, but yeah, maybe that's no longer elegant. So maybe it's not about maximizing that ratio. It's like there's a there's a sweet spot of that ratio where it is elegant. Less than that is inelegant. More than that is too clever. So if we're going to keep the high society word usage, would a game that has ding? too many wait, 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 <laughs> <laughs> would a game that has too many effects be starting to get into the realm of being gauche? Uh, gauche, as what? defined by Merriam-Webster, is lacking <laughs> social expertise or grace, where from a board gaming standpoint, it almost has too much going on, and so it becomes kind of tacky or gauche, as uh, the kids say these days, where it's lacking antonym, some of according that grace. To, according to my thesaurus here, <laughs> antonyms being inelegance, gaucheness, and messiness. Oh, there! Oh, look at that! Inelegance is right there. Wow, I am like a walking thesaurus. You guys play that new Kinesia game? I thought it was a little gauche. <laughs> uh, my point was, if there's, if if the mechanics are too clever and there's too much going on under the hood, it starts mm. to become gauche or inelegant. <laughs> but I'm just kind of wondering. I was gonna say, is that similar to like when a game is opaque? Like I like. So mm-hmm. like there's so much happening yeah. that I don't quite understand yeah. kind of like behind the scenes like it can be simple or it can feel like I just did one thing but then the stuff that I don't understand happened around it or something. Yes, I think I think it very often leads to a feeling of that opacity. Yeah, when people say yeah. like, I don't understand how the scoring works or it took me like three games to figure it out. It's because there was so much going on under the hood that it was hmm. gauche. What I was originally going to posit is what is the opposite <laughs> of elegance but i think there are kind of two different ends to that spectrum you have one where it's pushed beyond being elegant into that kind of gauche inelegant realm where it's too complicated but i think the other end of elegance is that high ratio of rules to effects where I guess it's just clunky or fiddly would be the word. Yeah, to use. I was going to say like awkward, right? Like mm. when it's just like, wait, why do I do that? Why do I score this? Like, uh, you know, wait, the points are backwards. Why? <laughs> like, uh, that starts to feel very inelegant. Like things are just bumping into each other or just don't make any sense. Um, they're not flowing one to the next, you know, making logical, nice connections. I'm trying to create like a, a fake example game of like trying to show how you can be too elegant. So maybe something yeah. like imagine a, a tile placement game where you're placing tiles of different with, with different goods on them and somehow the values of these goods change. And on your turn, all you do is like place a tile on the board, but depending on how many of the same kind of tile are next to it, the value increases by like two. And then how many of the same of a different type that are next to it, the value decreases by one. Mm-hmm. Right? You can like yeah. imagine where it's like that that one placement is all is the only action you're doing the only rule is place a tile but there's so many different mm. effects that are like tied up that it becomes hard to read and it becomes fiddly but not like mechanically like more like fiddly to think about like there's so much that happens Ooh. when i do this one little thing that i can't even process what's good what's bad i don't know if this is a great example maybe i'm gonna get some heat from my friends but um federation there's a game and it's i think eagle griffin does it it's a really cool game it's like this space sci-fi thing mm-hmm. and it's like bidding um but i've only played it once and my experience with like i knew it was a heavier game um but i was a little surprised at like 
how it works because you basically like place a token on the board on your turn like it's very simple but it's just like depending on which half of the board that changes things depending on which row mm -hmm. you put it in and which column you put it in that all matters and then like which side of like the token is two-sided so which side of your token you place up right. matters yeah. so like in on the one hand like you're just putting a token on the board but like how you place it like i don't know it just seems like there's so many considerations all kind of baked into that one placement that it felt yeah. very like i was surprised at like how like and i don't know if that's a great example because i think it's still a decent like it's it's a solid game it's just and i'm a, a bunch of my friends like love it i haven't gotten my head around it um but i was, I was kind of surprised at like just how much gets baked into that one little placement. well we're not saying elegance is is good or bad right um yet so like just yeah, because the yeah. game is over elegant or like not elegant doesn't mean it's good or bad yeah. necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's a pretty good baseline for what makes something elegant. Is stuff getting less elegant or more elegant? Is stuff getting more or less elegant? I don't think so. I think well, I th I think I think games are getting more complicated. Mm -hmm. I think we would maybe all agree with that. Like a Euro yeah. game now is different than a Euro game 20 years ago. Absolutely. In terms of complexity. Yeah. But I don't know if they're getting less elegant. I think one kind of litmus test is could I get the same experience with less rules? If the answer is yes, then like, ah, that wasn't a very elegant game. But if, if no, this is the only rule set that would give me this experience or something even close to it, then I would say it's almost elegant. And I feel that way about a lot of uh, Lacerda games where they're very complicated, but I feel like every rule is worth it. And I'm yeah. like, I couldn't just play another Euro and get the same feeling. Mm -hmm. Whereas a Euro that I did recently play and I really liked for what it's worth, but I kind of left with that feeling of like, I feel like this could have been done in less rules, was Sankore, the Pride of Mansa Musa. It's got a lot of great stuff, but, but I did feel like, couldn't I play this with half the rules? It's like four regions that each have four area majorities happening at the same time, and there's some cool like shared incentive stuff. But I really feel like you could capture that the essence of that game in less rules. Right. So I had this like thing in the back of my head where I was like, is it worth teaching this to people? I think I brought it up before, but Mysterium was always that example. Like Mysterium was a cool game, but then Mysterium Park came along and they just got rid of like a whole chunk. Like there's like this whole voting mechanism that they just got rid of. And in my opinion, it just made it way better. And like, yeah, this feels now like the elegant game of just trying to get people to guess a thing versus before mm -hmm. it was like. There was kind of just this whole voting thing, which it can be fun in a, in a way. But um, yeah, that one to me felt like clear. I don't know that they're getting more elegant or less. I think it's kind of shifting around a little bit, maybe like different kinds. But it's it's hard to get like an average, right? Like I feel like there's a lot of really clever, elegant games coming out now. But mm -hmm. there were a bunch of, you know, old school ones that were pretty elegant. We touched on this a little bit ago, but is elegance the goal of a game? No. I I can say from personal experience, I have tried to make games too elegant when designing them, and that's not been mm. helpful. How gauche of you. <laughs> I know. Um, like, sometimes you can be too clever or too elegant, and goals, you know, to have fun, of course, but also, like we were talking about before, if things are too clever, then it can be hard to read the board state and understand what things mean. So if I'm like, the value of the area majority you have here is based on how many meeples have been placed multiplied by the number of players like mm -hmm. or whatever. So I'm like changing mm -hmm. stuff. It's like it's hard to understand what that means. But if it's like 10 points, then you can compare it now easily. Like, oh, is it worth doing this thing that could give me 12 or going for the secure 10 points? Right. It's easier to like consider your options sometimes if 
mm-hmm. things are not elegant if they're just kind of straightforward and um plain maybe yeah so cleverness can definitely get in its own way i think it's also hard to go into a design and say i'm going to make this really elegant to me as someone who's never designed a game it's something that just kind of comes out of the design and you can definitely work toward elegance but i think it's like anything wood whittling for example or pencil sharpening you can sharpen a pencil too much and then it just breaks and I feel like game design is the same sort of idea to what you were just saying, where you're trying to get it super, super elegant. You're trying to get it down to this fine point. But at a certain point, you've shaved too much off and your pencil just snaps. I thought that was a dumb analogy when you started it. And now I love it. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it works. <laughs> I don't know. Like as a graphic designer, I generally try to like keep things simple or like not go too like everything should kind of have a purpose or like, you know, there should be like a reason behind stuff. But then like there are those times where you just kind of go and do stuff cause it's fun or just try to add some something new or texture or whatever. So like from a game, like I feel like you don't want it to be clunky. You don't want it to be confusing. You don't, you know, like to some degree, I think like shooting for elegance or something like elegance, you know, like is kind of the goal, but it's not like, you set out being like, I'm going to make a really elegant game. Like, I think that is yeah. kind of like, it's a word like almost just like, like a wonderful game or something. Like, it's just like you, you hope that, you know, it gets used like positive words or something, but yeah, I'm not sure if like elegant or just keeping it like simple. I feel like it could be the goal, but it, I don't know if anybody would use that word specifically. I don't know. I think elegance is almost more like a style. Like some designers are more elegant than others mm-hmm. and it's, Mm-hmm. just like the way that you approach and you understand and you appreciate games like when i play games from elegant designers i appreciate them more i'm able to like fall in love with them unlike i am with less elegant games but i know people who feel the opposite they sometimes feel elegant games are like boring they want those rough edges mm. um and they like the, the the theme that you can introduce with something that's a little clunky so i think it's mm-hmm. more about style and less about uh, the goal for all designers but if you're somebody who considers yourself like an elegant designer or you want to design elegant games, then yeah, it's a compliment to you. But I don't think that's what mm-hmm. everybody is necessarily chasing after. So it could be the goal, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. And then I guess the last question is like, do we care about it? I think we all do. Mm. We literally ding whenever a game we by the hear. most elegant designer <laughs> ever is mentioned. Which is fairly regularly. It is, yeah. And I assume as we enter our impromptu, we will have at least two or three mentions of his games. Uh, Because I'm assuming we're going to do the most elegant games, right? Uh, Probably most elegant and least elegant. Yeah, I think it is something that I look for. There is something that you said that I do think resonated with me, which is those rough edges. I really love an elegant core with a couple of rough edges on the outside. And I think that's what draws me to a lot of the work of Martin Wallace is he's always got these fringe rules or these little exceptions, which lower his rules to decision or rules to impact ratio. Cause there's that one off rule where it's like, Oh yeah, you just can't place there. And that's a standalone rule that doesn't really do anything except for add a little bit of thematics. But that one little rough edge, there's just something about those that really tweak a part of my brain that get the imagination flowing and the creative juices flowing which you don't have in a super streamlined elegant game i'll use high society as an example since we've already inadvertently referenced it 
there's not really anything you can do to that system and each card you play each card that gets pulled each auction that goes up like all of that has so many ripples and repercussions you can't really break that system it's kind of a perfect system very elegant design but then if you bring in something like brass which has a couple of weird edge case rules it's a different experience obviously might feel kind of similar from an economic standpoint but those extra rough edges take away from the elegance but they kind of add to the overall experience which isn't to say one game is better than the other just different flavors no i think we talk about we compare to movies sometimes too and i think like there like sometimes you just want like a cheesy b movie that doesn't make a ton of sense or it's not Mm -hmm. you wouldn't call it elegant but sometimes that's just what you want and it's it's okay and it's not always what you want but you know it's, it's nice to have a mix what resonates with me of what you just said is like you definitely want like a game that it's fun when it feels like it has character right like when it feels like a real person made it for you or something like i don't know i think that's kind of what you're describing like it it's okay if there's a few rough edges if it doesn't get like too clunky it just you know you can let one or two inelegant things slide because it gives a little character i like it yeah are we thinking so impromptu segment on favorite elegant game and favorite least elegant game i think we gotta go for that yeah i think we can all agree that our real number one for most elegant game is botswana dang yes it's, I speak I now or forever hold just, your peace, but I think we collectively Botswana. I think an argument could be made for high society for me. I disagree. Mm. You're allowed <laughs> to. Is it's now your opinion and you're entitled to be wrong, Robert. I do think uh, if we're going for like clever and simple, then Botswana might have the edge. But high society is another game you can kind of teach in a breath. And it has right. one or two extra rules that I think add tremendously to the decision and the tension of the game that Botswana can lack, especially at higher player accounts, whereas High Society I find to be a little bit more versatile and flexible in its player count. High Society is like two times as fun, but ten times more rules. I really think there's way more rules <laughs> in High Society than you think relative to Botswana. There's like a different kind of auction that can happen depending on what kind of card comes out. Oh, uh, true. Okay. I forgot there's about that. that rule about money. And now that I'm trying to list out the rules, there's not that many. Okay, but it's more than Botswana. <laughs> it's two more rules, which is ten times, apparently. It's two more rules, which is ten times, yeah. Economics. Exponentially more rules. <laughs> okay, so what are your um, games, Robert? My favorite, least elegant game is Etherfield. Mm. Etherfield mm. is a cooperative narrative game where you do like deck building in between the scenarios. And the reason I think it's really inelegant is because each mission is basically its own mini game. But that's also what makes it cool. It's not like Gloomhaven where you're like, all right, here we go. Same, same mechanics. I'm just going to be playing my cards and doing my like, things against the same monsters. Every dream is mm. super different. You use the same core like, system of playing your cards, but like your objective, what things you should kind of be watching out for, how you win... Um, the like setting feels very alive from just a set of cards. And so you do sometimes end up playing more boring missions than others. The game is inconsistent because of this. Like sometimes they have like really nailed it and sometimes it's a little bit flat. But it just feels like watching a TV show kind of or or maybe maybe like um what's that robot show like Death Love and Robots? Is that what it is? Love Death and Robots. Love Death and Robots. Kind of like that where it's like the same core pieces to it but every episode is like so different Mm. from the last and that keeps you going 
that says Aetherfields. And then my favorite elegant game, I really could not decide between a few, but I'm going to go with Cat Blues. The reason I think Cat Blues is elegant is because there are six unique cards. That's the whole game. Mm. It's a deck of six unique cards. And then, you know, there's like 15 copies of each. But it's a one to five and a joker card. And then there's just, I think, a very rich auction and kind of, I don't want to call it set collection, but like set building. I don't know. We'll call it set collection. An auction and set collection game, which if you haven't heard me talk about it before, it's just a game where you are bidding cards in your hand to get other cards that go into your hand to build uh, sets of four Mm -hmm. with those cards. Um, that's mm-hmm. the whole game and like the real twist is that what you are bidding with is also what you're winning it's not like there's money and then there's points it's like no you are spending cards to get more cards so it's all about like fine-tuning your hand until you have a good set and then scoring that set but the trade-off is if you score a set you don't have that set to bid with anymore and that is just such an interesting trade-off that has been fun for dozens of games at this point so yeah mine is cap blues i'm going to start with my most elegant which is another Kinesia auction game, and it is Medici. Mm. And I think it is the most elegant of his trilogy of auction games between Modern Art Raw and Medici. Oh, yeah. It mm-hmm. can be a little bit clunky with the way that the auctions resolve. So, like at the end of the round, you move up tracks based on what resources you have, but the total number of those cards will advance you. Uh, X number of dollars, depending on kind of where you fall against other players. Once you internalize that, though, it can take like maybe mm-hmm. a round at most. It's pretty easy to just kind of read the board state and grasp it. But there's so much juicy decisions and so much tension that comes into those auctions, which what could be a very strictly sterile, you know, dollars and cents game because your points are what you're using to spend it just gets this extra little bit of tang and flavor to it, which is very fun and crunchy. My least elegant game, I was going to go with a Wallace, but I don't think I've played the ones that I would nominate enough to really commit to it. So what I am going to commit to is Carnegie, which is a pretty cool Euro game, which has some odd mechanics, especially with the theme. So you basically play as one of Andrew Carnegie's managers building out his charity and rail empires in the Midwest and uh, all through the United States. But the way that you recall workers, the way that you send workers, the way that workers kind of interact with your player board, the way that you interact with other players, it's all very bizarre, but there's a lot of ramifications from it. It almost gets a little gauche in places, but it still has that cleverness to it that gives it just enough elegance that I enjoy it, but it still has a lot of weird rough edges and kind of difficult to internalize rules. But once you get them, it's a very cool Euro game and I uh, quite enjoy it. And maybe this will be a little debate or something. I don't know. But my gut really is saying for me, it's bus. I think it's such an elegant game. For elegant? Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to start a debate by calling it inelegant, but yes, it's very elegant. <laughs> oh, no, no, yes. no. I'm saying it's I, I Robert put gloves well. on so we can clear. take them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah, it's, my, it's my pick for most elegant, my favorite elegant game. I just, I like there's a dozen Knizias that I could, I could probably say as well that I think do a great job of getting so much game out of like two or three rules. Um, but I feel like 
like bus is just one that to me it feels like as deep and heavy as I ever need a game to be, but it just feels so clean and just mm-hmm. simple, but not, but like, Oh, it just, yeah, it, it almost is like the yeah. definition to me in a way. Yeah. And then to shout out one that I just played last night that it's newer one, um, little hot right now, uh, drop holter. It's a little, it's a cute little ghost theme game where you just hold different things in your hand. And then there's a little deck of cards and you flip one and it has, there's like five different shaped items that you have in your hand. You flip a card, it tells you one to four of those things that you're supposed to drop. And the first person to drop those things out of their hand grabs a little ghost. And then they get a bell. First of five bells wins. That's it. Wait, wait, wait. But the the what from what I understand though, a big part of the game is that you have to hold the bells, right? When you win the bells, you have to hold them in your hand. Yeah. Yes. That sounds like a blast. It's fun and I think very elegant because it has this ramp up where the more bells you have, the harder it is to not drop the bells, but to just drop the things you want. So the more, the closer you get to winning, the harder the game gets. Um, And if you don't have any bells, you have nothing to lose. You can just, because if you drop a bell, you have to put it back. You lose it. Whereas if you drop a piece that you're not supposed to, you just have to like pick them all back up and start over. So yeah, it just gets really tense, really fun. I taught it to, you know, like three people in like a sec, you know, like, a minute and yeah it's, it's just a blast um for my favorite gauche game it's dead reckoning it is um Ooga. I, it's such a fun game but i get i'm like i'm probably honestly gonna sell it because <laughs> i just i like uh there's just so many dumb little rules that i always have to like look up and forget i've written so many notes in the player aid that i printed out i've even had to add to that to like help myself remember stuff and like i think what did it for me was i was looking at the expansion and i was like nope why did i get that i don't need more rules in this i already can't like i I don't know it's 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 such a fun thematic game i think i even brought it up as my favorite like thematic game like back in the archives there but like oh my gosh it just it's so frustrating sometimes with that we will end the episode thank you so much for listening if you have thoughts comments concerns questions remarks uh you can leave them to us at cardboardphilosophypod at gmail.com but otherwise we'll see you for the next episode have a good life in case you never listen to this podcast again. Otherwise, have a great two weeks. And play some games. Mm-hmm.